This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. My surgery and you know being medically cleared as 100 percent healed is just uh, not realistic in, in 14 weeks. Three months. Listen to this guy talk about how he's going to come back. He absolutely needs attention, like you and I need oxygen. Stays catching strays, no matter what he says, whether he <laughs> admits that he wasn't his choice to go on injured reserve or whether he knew all along he was never going to get 100% medically cleared to come off of injured reserve and onto the active roster, which is where Aaron Rodgers currently resides for the New York Jets. It's on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle on this Wednesday morning. And I... I feel for Aaron Rodgers in the respect that no matter what he says, because he's such a polarizing figure, he's going to get people dunking on him and complaining about the things that he says and calling him this, that, and the other, and just kind of trying to discredit where he stands. Like, <laughs> yeah, rightfully no, so. I mean, wild. when you have controversial opinions, that's what you invite. But what he said yesterday, and we're going to hear from him in a minute, he a week ago, a week ago today was the day that the 21-day window for him to get activated off of injured reserve closed. Right at the deadline, the Jets end up moving him off of injured reserve onto the 53-man roster. They cut their fullback, Nick Bowden, to create a roster spot for Rodgers. And there was a lot of chatter around the league of, why are they doing this? He just said two days prior that he was never going to be 100% medically cleared to come back to play this season. Who knows if that would have been his answer if they were actually a good team and not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs before he made that comment, Mike. But it it just surprised me that this was the path that the Jets decided to go a day after he made those comments and not just have him revert to injured reserve for the rest of the season. The only reason I can think of, and we haven't really heard much from Robert Sala or Joe Douglas, their head coach and general manager, about this. The only thing I can think of is that at some point they would like Aaron Rodgers either leading the scout team or throwing two receivers he might play with next year and being involved like that. And the only way he can do that is if he is on the active roster. Because if you're on injured reserve, you can't work with other players in a Mm -hmm. practice setting. You can often work out on the side with rehab and with strength and conditioning coaches and with trainers to do that, but you can't participate in practices. So to me, maybe that would be where... The Jets felt like there was value there, but it still did cost. And that was one of Aaron Rodgers' things was he didn't want to cost somebody a job. And I know that he caught some flack on social media for catching someone, for costing someone a job. And that person, by the way, was not Nick Bodden because Nick Bodden ended up on the practice squad. I believe it was Keelan Barnes who got released from the practice squad. Mm-hmm. So it ended up costing Keelan Barnes a job. And... That's not Aaron Rodgers' fault because, again, he has said, I wanted to go back to IR. They did this. So in the land of social media where there is no nuance and it is only one or the other and two things cannot be true at once, that is what he is catching flack for, frankly, unnecessarily. I mean, Rodgers, if the team wants him to practice, they needed him on the active roster. Aaron Rodgers said that he didn't feel like he needed to practice to continue his rehab probably the one time he's ever been overruled in his short tenure with the Jets. Here's what Rodgers had to say about that decision, which he claims was out of his hands. You know, it, it's an interesting spot for me because I'm basically just saying, hey, IR, right? This is, you know, this season, uh, you know, is over for me. Uh, again, I got overruled, so 
because of that, I was on the practice field. I loved the practice. Didn't want it to be at the expense, you know, of a teammate. But uh, again, that's out of my control. He sounds perturbed. And I understand it because if this was something that he didn't necessarily want to do, you know, could be because he felt like he would have been a distraction, could be because he felt like his rehab process would have been better served with him not running scout team in 11 on 11 last week. He likes to practice. We get that. But very clearly, he had a different path, Mike in how he viewed this going for the rest of the way this year versus those making a decision to activate him onto the 53. And he wasn't a, he wasn't thrilled. Like the comments that you, that you pointed out that have been dragging him all over social media. And it's not just there. It's on national TV. It's on ESPN. It's on Fox sports. It's all over the place. It's probably on ESPN radio, even though you and I are weirdly defending him right now. <laughs> I know, um, right? Here's the rant that Aaron Rodgers went on, on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about the people that he thinks have it out for him. But you know, it's just the same old thing. You know, it's, it's the same people with the same comments. I think what we should do is the same people who are criticizing me, you know, or coming up with these conspiracies, you know, about my injury or whatever. Let's before they talk, let's go back to to twenty twenty one and let's just let's make people say their vac status to start. Then that'll that'll frame all these comments in the yeah. right window. <sighs> He was doing so well there until he I heard that. And that's my first so time hearing well. that comment where he uh. brought up the vaccination status. And, like, this is the reason why people do not like Aaron Rodgers. This is the reason why he's such an easy target because he makes himself an easy target by bringing a complete non sequitur into the yeah. conversation. People questioned what his recovery time was, because we've literally never seen this happen. Did you revolutionize modern medicine and the treatment for Achilles tears? Because him being able to come back to the practice field makes me think that this speed bridge procedure that he had done is the new Tommy John. So congratulations to Aaron Rodgers. If you are a modern medical marvel, that's something to hang your hat on. But then to like invoke the vaccination status, like we need to find out the people who are saying this, like go back to 2021 and have them say their vaccinations status he's basically calling us all sheep for calling out anything that has to do with him here and that's not a fair argument i don't know why you want to die on that hill when every time you've said that you've invited more criticism to come your way but and here's the thing and by the way aaron Rodgers, i'm vaccinated just so you know so we're gonna start talking about that you here i want you you're asking for that i will tell you that I also defended you with ayahuasca. I've defended you with the darkness retreats. Sure, it's been different, but if it gets you to a place you need to get to, fine. Why are you bringing that up? Like, what, what, what does that serve? Because literally, Courtney and I just sat here defending you. And like, what, what, I'm just, to me, like, you don't need to go there. Because you look at what Adrian Peterson did with, when he came back from an ACL. That was what, in 2010? 2009, it was, it was 2011. His MVP season. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there. Led into his MVP season. Yeah, so Adrian Peterson comes back from this ACL in like record time, and that set a new bar. In some cases, Courtney, probably an unrealistic bar for a lot of players to come back from ACL. Well, Aaron Rodgers, had he played this season, would have set again, a revolutionary bar, maybe an unrealistic bar for some people, but because there was a surgery involved, could have maybe really helped some people and still can. Mm-hmm. But now it's, you know, you're, why are you bringing that up? Like you were, as you just said, Courtney, you were doing so well. 
Yeah. He he talked himself into a circle there because it felt like we were finally getting the breakthrough from Aaron Rodgers where he didn't have to, you know, hit the low-hanging fruit. Like, there's no need right. for that. And anybody with a brain knows he ruptured his Achilles. So the conspiracy theorists out there that he's pointing at who say, oh, maybe you didn't rupture your Achilles after all – I can understand when you've gone through the physical pain and the laboring of the rehab process yeah. and to do it at 40 years old where, I'm sorry, you don't have unlimited time to play football anymore. That hits, it hits, it cuts deeper than it probably would under other circumstances. And he takes it personally. Like, but anybody, like those people shouldn't matter to you, Aaron Rodgers. Like people who question whether, like, you know, the validity of your injury, that's noise. That's people who are uneducated and not, for like not for entertaining like leave that stuff in, in the in the dark but I I don't understand why at the end of all of that after making so much progress after building up so much goodwill with fans that were you know fans of the NFL fans of the Jets fans of him personally to to shun that group of people at least a specific sect of it, because it just doesn't make sense to have to bring up something that is such a tired old argument and if there's anybody that's invoking these conspiracies, it's Aaron Rodgers. Have you heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast? Have you heard some of the crazy nonsense that he has floated out there? And I'm not talking about the, the um, what's it called? Like the non-traditional medical remedies, like the ayahuasca, all of those things, darkness retreats. Like if that works for you, that's great. But for everything else that he's decided to poke holes in, no wonder someone's doing it to you too. It's very much an eye for an eye argument here. And it always feels, Mike, like he's got to get the last word in. He's got to get these bars off, which he did on the Pat McAfee show. He's paid to do that. But at some point, like, when can you just be like, all right, cool. Like, your opinion of what's going on with me doesn't matter. I'm making hundreds of millions of dollars in my career to do what I love to get to play football. Why do, why do people who, who will never have contact with you ever in your life, why do pundits like you, myself, other people on ESPN, like why do our opinions bother you that much when you claim to be so secure in what you're doing and all of your treatments that you are putting it out there and trying to influence other people to do what you do? I just, I've never understood like why he has to go down that path. Like it's such a strange insecurity that he continues to bring up. It's like the people who know like they do, they're doing something wrong. They constantly reference it instead of just letting a dead dog lie. Yeah, I don't have a good answer for you there, Courtney. I don't. Uh, I can't even pretend to have a good answer for you. I just know that there there was no reason. I mean, again, anyone who watched the clip of that of the play where Aaron Rodgers got hurt saw very clearly what happened. Mm -hmm. Like, if there's no conspiracy, there should be no conspiracy because. Like, you visually can see it in the moment what occurred. Yeah. Like, if you slow it down, you saw the thing start to, to move. Yeah, you saw his Achilles like, rupture. Like, well, that's what I'm talking time. about. I was trying yeah. not to give, be too graphic. It's no, but 8 I mean, o'clock in the morning on the East Coast. It's important to point that out because you yeah. saw that in real time. And if, he, if he's still, like, on that, though, like, think about how far along he is in his rehab. He's so far along that he was cleared to go back to practice and then cleared to go from injured reserve to the 53-man roster. So he's clearly doing something right. His doctors have done something right. I just wish that he would stop making these sorts of grandiose statements where it feels like he's got to tear somebody else down. 
in order to build himself up. But that's Aaron Rodgers. He always gives us content here to talk about, and, and maybe secretly say he, he loves that. He, he just also won because we talked for the last five he minutes sure about that instead of about everything else. So congratulations, Aaron. You win again. You know who else is winning? That's the Cleveland Browns. They are a game away from locking up their postseason berth. In the AFC playoffs, Kevin Stefanski making his case for Coach of the Year. That's what we discuss next here on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein sitting in for Evan Canty and Michelle here on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app, the normal Unsportsmanlike crew, will be back after the New Year's. But you've got Mike and I for a couple more days. And it's fun. We've had a good week so far. And I know that... um, Aaron Rodgers is like the gift that keeps on giving, but this Detroit Pistons story, I cannot wait to get into again. Like this has given me such joy today because I've been hearing behind the scenes that Javante, who Javante Lawrence, who's in our producer's room over in Bristol in the studio. Like I thought he was the most agreeable person. He's so kind. He's quiet. He's got his own, you know, Pistons minute here. Pistons se- second. It's a here second. It, we on, can't, uh, he can't ESPN do a minute. Radio. But apparently, <laughs> Javante, you're like instigating things behind the scenes here. I've learned that about you this week, and that's that's something I did none not of, know. None of this is true. So wait, what are they accusing did, did you of? Did you just get hit with a football in the yeah, back you just of the head? Pegged in the head. Are Bad you things right? are happening. Uh, we'll see. As of now, I know what's going on. Okay, so like, what? What? You're a man of many words, Javante. What? Broadcast like fake fast, and I'm like. Okay, then I like turn my head a little bit, and he actually threw the football, and it hit me in the head. Oh my gosh! Well, I thought he was gonna keep turning, and then he just stopped. Pat, he, you know what this sounds like? This sounds like the Kansas City Chiefs, like Patrick Mahomes <laughs> not on the same page with his receivers. Like, and I'm is... Taylor Swift in the box, just watching, and everyone's gonna blame it on me. Is yeah, it's all Cam's dollars? fault. Sounds about right. Are you a billionaire, Cam? Is that what you're getting at? No, I'm um... a bystander. <laughs> Just normal but, shenanigans but you, here on a Wednesday morning. Can you write great lyrics? That's mm. the only thing I want to know, Cam. Not as good as her. No, but he I does sing. It. If you've seen him on Greeny, he has a, a set of pipes that he's willing to use uh, often and uh, all the time. Yeah, I lost a bet because the Eagles lost to the Cowboys, so I had to sing Rhinestone Cowboy 
on the air. It was well done. I texted you after that was happening. I heard it live, and I was like, man. Actually, you heard it an hour later in Chicago. That's true. It does play (laughs) an hour later in Chicago because there is a morning show here that goes – uh, it overlaps with the greeny time. But, yeah, you're talented. Javante, you're talented, too. Just maybe wait, learn how to catch the football next time. Do you, wait, do, Cam, do you have a favorite karaoke song? Uh, Sweet Caroline, I think, I've, I, is my go-to. Okay. Bars? Wow. It's, very, it's, just, a very, it's just a very basic Very basic. Song. Very basic. Thank you, Pat. What Thank do you, you want it to God, be? Pat, this is our first time that we've ever been on the what, same but, 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 Wait, if... But if it's a crowd favorite, it's a crowd. That's the idea like with karaoke. karaoke. You want to get the crowd into it, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be that. I want to hear you do Rhinestone Cowboy another time. It already happened, Courtney. Stop trying to to make Rhinestone Cowboy a thing. I would like to hear you do that during karaoke. Is there a place in Bristol that you guys go to, the Groggy Frog? They still have karaoke there? Uh, I don't know. There's a place in West Hartford called Butterfly that does karaoke. All right. Courtney and I have been to the Groggy Frog yeah. and have seen karaoke. Done by I'm the locals. Gonna, it is, I was going to say, I was going to call see. it accomplished. I wasn't going to say it was done or done well. I was going to say it was accomplished uh, at the Groggy Frog. But we have seen it. Now, Cam, I, I want to see this happen. I'm, I'm hoping it does. But I'm with you. Like, you should always hit the crowd favorites in karaoke. Like, there's no reason to sing, like, a deep cut in karaoke <laughs> because people will be sitting there and they're just – like, have you been there, Courtney, in a karaoke bar when, pe- when like, you either don't know the song or the person is, like – like, they're either really it? good or really bad. Like, uh-huh. if you're mediocre, like, they're just not going to get into it. And they're just kind of – people are sitting there and standing there. And then at the end, there's, like – like, that's the worst feeling when you're doing karaoke if you see that. Like, yeah. you either want to get the crowd into it, good or bad. I don't know how many people you're typically doing karaoke for, but uh, I think, like, even a light golf clap is uh, expecting a little much. Most people don't clap for things like that because mm-hmm. most people are trying to enjoy themselves while others like Cam, I guess, are off singing Sweet Caroline. So, well, wait, have you never you been know. to, like, a real karaoke bar? Like, have you not gone to Slice where there's, yeah, there's like, stage No, stage Yeah, there's a stage, bars. like, the Slice in Chicago has, ca- like, live band karaoke. People are there I've to done, see the karaoke. The last time I did karaoke was at, like, a birthday party when I was, you know, a kid. I, I don't think I've done what? it as an <laughs> what? adult. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I don't, I don't get joy out of going out and singing in front of other people knowing that I'm not a singer. I don't know. But like, it's not going my to thing. a karaoke bar is super fun. I mean, like, not like like there are some karaoke places that you have the private room with your friends. That's one thing. But like, you can go to like a karaoke bar. Like, yeah, that's just great know. stuff. That's it's not, it doesn't float my boat. But that's okay. Like, I'm not gonna like dunk on you guys because you like karaoke bars. You it's just, just did. That, you no, did, I'm, but you did. I'm, I'm saying it's just not something <laughs> that I would prefer to do. You know what I'd prefer to do? Watch some bowl games. How's that for a tease? ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in tonight. Duke's Mail Bowl. Oh, man, this is going to be fun watching people get doused in, uh, what is it, egg whites and olive oil. Uh, that's presented by, followed by the Texas Act Texas Bowl, coverage beginning 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I don't know if they dunk coaches uh, with anything other than Gatorade when they win games, playoff games in the NFL. Kevin Stefanski has been down that road before. He was coach of the year during the COVID season in 2020. And right now, Mike, when we're going through the odds, I was looking at it. Dan Campbell's name is up there. Certainly, if Mike McCarthy can get this Dallas team to the playoffs and like further than where they, they've been at the previous couple seasons, he should be in line for that. But 
I don't know if there's anybody else other than Kevin Stefanski who has as lock solid of a case considering all that the Browns have done this year, despite health issues, despite the fact that they have four different quarterbacks. And you've got Joe Flacco leading the way for a team that in week 17 can lock up its spot in the AFC playoffs. Well, D'Amico Ryans, if Houston sure. isn't making the playoffs, sure. would have That's a case, well. especially especially since C.J. Stroud's missed a couple of games. But Kevin Stefanski feels like the odds-on favorite right now mm-hmm. to, to be coach here. You could probably argue Todd Bowles may be in that conversation if the Bucks end up finishing hot here. And you can even argue Sean McVay. Like, there's a whole bunch of t- coaches that you can maybe have that conversation about when you're talking about coach of the year. But, yeah, Kevin Stefanski, for what he has done, four quarterbacks. Don't forget this. They lost Nick Chubb, too. Like, this is a team that was supposed to be centered around the run game. They lost arguably a top three running back in the NFL in Nick Chubb early in the season. They bring back Kareem Hunt. Their run game's still mm-hmm. really solid, and they have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Like, they, this team has found ways to win despite injuries to star players, which other teams, <clears throat> New York Jets, have not been able mm-hmm. to do. I'm going to read you some of these positions, like what, what it was, the expectation starting out the year and who's playing that position now. So, of course, Deshaun Watson, he comes into the season, you know, after missing a bunch of games last year due to suspension. By week 15, it was Joe Flacco because of the shoulder injury that Watson sustained that put him on injured reserve. The Nick Chubb injury was devastating to watch that. It was a primetime game. That's Jerome Ford's job now. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cedric Tillman, the rookie, ended up taking over the spot for the wide receiver who sustained injury. Jedrick Wills, you know, replaced by Jerron Christian, Joel Batonio has been in and out, but he was, I think he played last week. He's one of their like one or two healthy linemen that they have, you know, all of their offensive line injuries, whether it's Ethan Pochich, Wyatt Teller, uh, Jack Conklin, yet they still have a team right now that's on the cusp of doing something really special for where they started and where they've been at and where they've been at historically before Kevin Stefanski took over this team in 2019. And I go back to, I go back to like the preseason conversation. I know you and I were doing this when we were hosting radio together in the summertime. How many lists were, was Kevin Stefanski on of not flaming hot hot seat, but like you're kind of entering warm seat territory oh, yeah. if you don't get the thing on track this year? Because ever since that year that they made the playoffs and they beat the Steelers in the wild card round where he wasn't coaching because he got COVID, like they felt like they took a step back every single year since then. Offensively, the questions about did his system, can it work for Deshaun Watson? Because you're coming from the Kubiak tree where, you know, quarterbacks like Joe Flacco tend to thrive in that more than the off script players like Deshaun Watson, who can make every throw but can also do magical things with his own athleticism. It felt like it was like two things were not meshing there. Yet Kevin Stefanski. Like, I don't know how realistic any of that talk was in terms of what they were actually thinking in Cleveland, but it does feel, at least at this point, I mean, he saved his job, not just for next year, but potentially for a contract extension, given where he's at right now. He's a couple years into this. That talk is going to be coming up soon, and I wouldn't be surprised if we hear him ink a multi-year contract extension. Same thing with Andrew Barry, the general manager of this Browns team, a, a group that collectively hitched its wagon to Deshaun Watson. You thought, okay, because that wasn't working out, those guys might be on thin ice. Now, because of how they found the workaround to this, which sometimes is even harder than what you came into the season and seeing that come to fruition, 
like even now I feel like they they are the answer there long term beyond the 2023 season. Well, I, I they've mean, they've worked basi- their way into that. They've basically done it in spite of that Deshaun Watson contract. Mm-hmm. For the last two years, because and that's, that's still on the books too. I mean, like, it, well, not only is it on the books, I mean, you can almost call it dead money because he hasn't he didn't play much last year, and he's hasn't played much this year. So that is essentially as close to dead money with a player that's still on your roster as you're going to get. No, they've done a wonderful job with what they've done, and I'll be the first one to admit. You know, a couple of days ago, I talked about how a bunch of people in the national media, a bunch of people, uh, just in general on you know Twitter threads, which didn't exist then. Instagram were, were dunking on Dan Campbell after the, the kneecaps press conference mm-hmm. and said, oh, this is a joke. And you look at what he's done. So I would be remiss if I didn't do this as well. I apologize to Kevin Stefanski and the Cleveland Browns because for all offseason long, like August, I was like, you know what? This division's good, but forget the Browns. They're not going to be good. Mm-hmm. They, they've got no shot. Well, guess what? I was wrong. You guys have been great. You've been great in adverse circumstances when it comes to injuries. Your defense is one of the best in the NFL. Like, kudos to you with what you've been able to do this year. So, like, seriously, like, props to you, Kevin Stefanski, and to the Cleveland Browns for what they've been able to do. I was wrong. I apologize for that because, you know, that's that's what people do. They stand up and they are accountable. We hear that all the time in the NFL. They talk about accountability. This is accountability. Now, I hope people apologize to the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell because, you know, they went after him as well. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm on, you know, we talk about dying on hills. I am dying on that hill. Like the apologies to Dan Campbell. Well, I don't know if he needs any apologies considering his team just locked up the NFC North. The AFC North is going to end up going to Baltimore, but the Cleveland Browns could get their 11th win of the season on a short week. They play the New York Jets tomorrow night. I believe that's their third game in 12 days. And you know what? They've won three in a row. So headed towards the playoffs. It feels like an inevitability at this point. Kevin Stavansky winning coach of the year also feeling like that is in that same realm. All right, straight ahead. Is the pressure the highest it's ever been for the Dallas Cowboys? We discuss next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 29 yards on the right hash. Here's the check, and it's good as time expires, and the Dolphins, they win the game 22 to 20. We'll, we'll have to build off it. We'll have to use the good, make sure we uh, get better from the things that weren't up to standard. You heard the call there on 105.3 The Fan, the Dallas Cowboys dropping two straight one that came on Christmas Eve to the Miami Dolphins, 22-20, so much closer than their last road loss, but a road loss nonetheless. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein in for Evan Canty and Michelle on Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
if you are America's team, if you if you have the arrogance to boast that you are the gold standard of brands in the NFL, Mike, like there's expectations that come with that. And when those expectations are not met or the same things keep popping up that are impediments to success, like being able to have your team travel well and play well on the road, then then you become the brunt of everybody's jokes. And I know we heard Micah Parsons say that everybody, meaning us, the media, uh, waits for the Dallas Cowboys to fail. There's probably some level of truth to that because this team has positioned itself for decades to be constantly in the limelight, constantly talked about, yet constantly failing to reach those expectations. So the last two weeks... What we've learned from the Dallas Cowboys, I'm not so sure is anything different than we didn't already know, that this team has struggled away from AT&T Stadium, but also that the pressure with each loss, with each inability to prove, hey, we can handle this test, we can handle this, we can get past uh, all of our road issues, What each time that they fail to do that, the expectations are only heightened for this team. And now that they've got a red-hot Detroit team that just locked up the NFC North coming to Dallas for Saturday night football, um, I feel like this might be the highest they've been all season because we're waiting for that breakthrough to happen. It won't happen on the road, or at least one that you can that you can hang your hat on. They go to Washington to end the year. But against Detroit, if they get a win here, do you think that changes the perception about this team and that – they can actually reach expectations? No, I don't think it should. It, it should. Listen, you 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 beat Detroit. It's a good win. There's no doubt about that. For like, sure. That's very clear. Beating the Detroit Lions used to be uh, a given, and if you didn't, you got kind of clowned. Now, it's a really good win. But when you look at this, Courtney, I, I'm not... I'm not thinking that this will change much because what's the one thing we've known about the Dallas Cowboys? They can win and they play extremely well at home. This game is at home. It is the Jimmy Johnson like going in the ring of honor. Like they, they, They're setting everything up for this to be a massive game for them. I, I don't think expectations change or they meet expectations because they win this game because you look at the teams they have beaten at home this year. It's not a hugely great list. It's the Jets, the Patriots, the Chargers, the Rams, the Giants, the Commanders, then Seattle and Philly. So I think that by beating Seattle and Philly, two teams that may also end up in the playoffs, they have done that in we know they can win at home. The questions remain of can they be successful against a good team on the road? Mm Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be able to answer that question until the postseason at this point because no one is pretending the Washington Commanders are a good team. They have to reinvent themselves come the wild card round, or at least you know that's when they're probably going to be playing their first game. I believe that the number one seed for them is, is way out of reach at this point. Maybe Philly is still in play for that. I don't know. The NFC East is still in play, but like they couldn't close out teams to give themselves a secure enough cushion to continue to fend off Philly in those respects. So I don't know what we've learned about them. What I do know is that the way that Mike McCarthy is viewing this game feels a little different than Jerry Jones, but let's hear from Mike McCarthy first, the Dallas Cowboys head coach on what's ahead with the Detroit Lions. Well, I think this will be our biggest challenge of the year. It's my personal opinion. Uh, you know, some people may d- differ, you know, as far as Philadelphia or the, the past games, but um, just based off what we've seen on video, I, I think this is, this is going to be a heck of a game. Are we moving the goalposts? Because he brought up Philly. 
They handled business at home against Philly. It was a close loss when they were on the road earlier this season. It feels like every week, because of this team's expectations externally and internally that it sets for itself, and you've got a very loud owner who's willing to voice those expectations every single week, that it every week feels like, oh, this is our next, the, you know, the biggest challenge of the season, and that this just happens to come against a, a team that locked up its own division. Well, I think a lot of coaches and a lot of sports will always say the next game is the most important game. The next game is their biggest challenge. The next game is their hardest game of the season. That's just coach speaking cliche. Uh, I'm not really buying into that. But, However, he, but he did invoke. I'm sorry to interrupt. But he mentioned he did, Philly. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's that, my that's point, the difference. Right? That, that's okay. where I was going with that. Like, they, However, he did mention other teams where they have had that conversation. And you can legitimately say when you look at their schedule – this was probably the second biggest challenge mm-hmm. of their season. Because, sorry, the San Francisco 49ers going to Santa Clara, that's the biggest challenge of your season. Uh, by the way, that did not go well. 42-10 loss <laughs> to Gi- the 49ers. Giant F on that one. Yeah, I mean, and, and they just, I mean, I, and I would say also the other part of it that I can kind of get on board with him on is this is the end of a rough stretch in terms of Facing teams that are going to probably be in the postseason or have that potential. Seattle, Philly, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit. Like, that's five games in a row where you have to be at your best to win. Like, you can't take any sort of lull to win. And so, yeah, that probably is a challenge because it does take a lot to get up week after week after week when that is your schedule. So, for those reasons, I can believe what Mike McCarthy is saying, but... Their biggest challenge was San Francisco. However, in the context of where they are right now, I can understand his his argument behind it. So it's Detroit to second to last game of the season. To end it, it's Washington on the road. Yep. So at least one winnable game there. Detroit coming down. Both after, of them are winnable. I mean, Detroit's, Detroit played lights out in Minnesota last week. And to stave off a last-second comeback, I know that Nick Mullins ended up throwing that interception, but y'all, when you're throwing a Justin Jefferson and he's converting on that third and 27, I believe anything's possible because of that receiver and what he's able to do. But that is, you know, for Detroit, that was a measuring stick sort of game. Can your defense, which has been all over the place this year, but has played, as you pointed out earlier, better on the road than they have inside Ford Field, can you get another performance like that out of this Lions team? So we'll see We'll see if they're able to do that against Dak Prescott in an offense that looks a lot better when they're playing inside the confines of AT&T Stadium. But you heard there from Mike McCarthy, like this is the biggest challenge of the year. Jerry Jones, on the other hand, doesn't seem to view it the same way. This is what he had to say about the spot the Cowboys currently find themselves in. I wouldn't trade. I really wouldn't. Uh, reasonably, uh, and an either are being being uh, trying to be as realistic as I could. Uh, I wouldn't trade our position uh, for a better one today, uh, and it has everything to do with how healthy we are at key spots. So I was looking at the other teams in the NFC. Like he wouldn't trade your spot to be with the Forty ers I mean, granted, that's like. You know, if someone said, well, do you want a million dollars? I'd be like, sure, of course I'll take a million dollars. Like, <laughs> yeah. maybe it's because that's out of reach. But would you would you trade places with the Lions if you could? Would you trade places with the Bucks if you could? Or any of the other teams that are currently in that NFC wildcard picture? The Rams, the Seahawks. Yes, Dallas is the five seed right now. But the Rams have been playing good football on the stretch. The Seahawks somehow found their way in. And maybe they don't stay there at eight and seven. But I think there's a couple other teams... 
whose health situations actually align more in the NFC. I mean, all the backup quarterback stuff we're seeing happen in the AFC right now. I don't think anybody yeah. would want to trade places with those teams, but I I get it. Jerry Jones in his weekly interview on 105, the fan in Dallas, that's what he's going to say. But realistically, there are a couple other teams that I would have more confidence in being if I was a Dallas Cowboys other than myself. Right. I took it in the context of he's talking about from a health perspective. And from a health perspective, other than Trayvon Diggs, I, I think you can probably – and obviously sure. Leighton Van Der Esch has had his injury issues. Like, I, I think that you can you can reasonably make that argument, but not from a positioning standpoint because Baltimore, San Francisco, mm-hmm. I would argue Detroit, you know, Philly for now, Miami for now. Those are better positions to be in than maybe what Dallas is in because Dallas, as of now, barring – it being like a five versus seven or five versus six NFC title game, which is not impossible, sure. but improbable, it will not play at home this entire postseason. You would trade that positioning if you're Dallas and Jerry Jones. But from an injury perspective, I can understand where he's coming from. I'm not going to say I agree with it, but I can at least understand it, Courtney. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This show, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, sitting in for Evan, Canty, and Michelle on this Wednesday morning. Sounds like my peer pressure has paid off. I was just informed uh, from those in the studio. Am I hearing this correctly? Yeah? Cam's going to sing uh, his go-to karaoke song? Awesome. Oh, no, that uh, what's I your go-to too. karaoke song? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Phones are open. On the Dr. Pepper call in line, we get into that next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Ba, ba, ba. That, does that count for me singing No, that karaoke? does not count no, for No, I'm you. kidding. See, I won't, I won't be a complete wimp about this if... I was told by my producer, Pat Costello, here on Unsportsman, like Courtney Kern and Mike Rothstein, that Cam wants to sing, that he's going to sing. I was, I was given news this in my ear. This is not what happened. This is exactly <laughs> what happened. it's happening now. The I tease, don't know if I said he wanted to sing. I said we were gonna going to make him sing. To. No, I'm going to read you the tease that's still currently up on my Zoom. It says, Cam, our producer, is going to sing his go-to karaoke song. What's your go-to karaoke song? And then it has the number for the Dr. Yeah. Pepper call. Nowhere line. does it say that Cam wants to do that. <laughs> right, but it does say well, that Cam is going to do it. Cam is a good sport. And I Honestly, stop speaking for Cam. Maybe I blacked out at this moment, but how did we get on the subject of karaoke songs? Can someone remind me? I know we were talking about Kevin Stefanski, but like before then, and sometimes I know we go on these like random tangents. That's what makes sports talk radio good. But like, how how did we come up with the idea like of talking about karaoke songs? Mike, can you refresh me on this? I think it was because Cam has sung before. I think it happened in a 
break. No, it was the um, Midnight was it Midnight Cowboy? Rhinestone. Yes, Rhinestone, Rhinestone Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah. Um, because we were talking about the Cowboys and the Eagles. There we go. Right. And you said, hey, I, need- I remember Cam's song on Greeny because he lost a bet. And then we started talking about karaoke. And by the way, I, I am very disheartened because Pat is throwing Cam, our producer, under the bus. But I, I challenged Pat in the break to sing, and he's like, no way, not at all. So I just went, bark, 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 bark. and I said, correct. Are you a chicken? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because I know Cam can actually sing. I can't sing. Well, I can't sing either, and you're going to hear it, it because Cam I have committed to doing this. To sing. Okay, can we fire up Sweet Caroline? Oh my god! And I'll help you with this. I've got. I actually I pulled up the lyrics. All I don't right. know it offhand. We're going to do it. I never been to a <laughs> uh, Boston Red Sox game, so I don't know it offhand. But I'll help you. I mean, you you've also could just have gone to karaoke. Well, you got to play the full thing, Javante, from the start. Do you want me to like sing it from the beginning and then we can like crescendo into the No, I don't want to do this at all. That's what I want. <laughs> okay. Well, right, you got to take want to out of it, Courtney. Courtney's Will going you? to sing from the beginning and then you're going to come in cam and help out. All right, ready? One, two, three. Bump bump. Where it began. began. Dun, dun, dun. Bum. I can't begin, begin to know when. when. But, but then, then I, I know, know it's going, going strong. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Was in the spring. And then, then be spring sp- became <laughs> the summer. Who'd have believed you come along? This yeah, your voice terrible. is way better than ours. Hands. <laughs> I'm going to let you take this. Touching hands. Oh, God, I'm going to hit the high note. Reaching, Reaching out, out. <laughs> touching <laughs> me, touching you. Watch your body hit it. Sweet Caroline, bum bum bum. Good times have never seem so good. So good, so good, so good. I've been inclined, bum bum bum, to believe it never would. I think we did it, guys. Was that so hard? I think See, now we did he, it. he got him on a roll. He's still singing. Like, yeah. Why do you think I wanted you to start from the beginning? I could have built up to it. That's Cam Pratt, karaoke extraordinaire. I hope that you get a raise for that. I hope that you Justin did Christ most of it. I think we're all right going to get fired for that. I don't think we should. <laughs> I think this is this is something that's making people smile. It's the holiday season. We're we, we, you know. No one is smiling right now. I I'm promise. I'm smiling right now. I'm smiling right now. And, Cam, I will pay this off because I did promise if you did that, I would do something. Oh, yeah, let's do a little vanilla ice. Yeah, I don't need... All right, stop. It's not really singing, though. This is rapping. Something grabs a hold of me tightly, flows like a harpoon, barely a nightly. Who have a sob? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights, and I'll go to the stream. Jump like a candle, dance. Speak of that boom, to killing the brain like a poisonous mushroom, deadly. When I play dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it, believe it, never get away. You make it look on the kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. It's kind of yada yada. No, I was going all fast. I was going too fast. Um, this is the worst have, segment in the history of radio. It's actually really good radio because you know what? I see a loaded <laughs> phone line right now on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. We've asked you for your karaoke songs, which you're comfortable singing. And I'm not going to make you do it on air. I'm not putting you on blast like we did Cam Pratt, who is an awesome sport about this. Mike, you were good, too. Um, let's go out to Josh. <laughs> I was a wow, terrible that, sport that, that about this. was terrible. Josh in Arizona, what is your go-to karaoke song? Hi, um, I don't really have a go-to, but when you pick Sweet Caroline, it just reminds me of those t- 
I know you guys don't do boxing, but there's 10,000 British people. <laughs> okay, well, when Ruiz beat Joshua, that was probably yeah. the – it was bigger than Douglas beat and Tyson. Yeah. And all those you – you saw it. The, the whole right. crowd came over from England. They're all singing Sweet Caroline. And then Ruiz just obliterated Joshua. <laughs> it seems like a loser song to me. No offense, no. but – but did you, right, wait, Josh, Josh did you like our rendition of it? You've been listening. Did, did you Neil like Diamond our rendition of it? I love Neil Diamond. How they adopted the guy from Brooklyn song, I don't know either. But, you know, hey, we got a lot of great people from out of Erasmus. Barbara Streisand, Neil Diamond. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love your show. Thanks, Josh. We appreciate the call. That's, that's just so Josh knows. That's actually a big UK and Ireland thing. So mm-hmm. I covered Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano last year at MSG. And what happens is, before any big British fight or before any big Irish fight, they sing "Sweet Caroline." That's part of like the build-up to the the walkout. And it's all being in an arena for that. By the way, is incredible. It's just such a oh, you get like sure. chills. It's awesome. So that's a bo- it's a boxing thing that they do. It, it's United kind of Kingdom. a boxing, sometimes MMA thing that happens. Yeah, that's definitely bad. a British thing too, because they'll do it sometimes with other sporting events also. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna have to look that up. We're gonna have to find some other songs to sing here at some point. If you and I still have a job no, we after don't. after this show, which Pat seems to think we're all getting fired for singing on air, I think the contrary of that. I think we're actually all getting promoted. Uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> this is Unsportsmanlike. He's Mike Rothstein. I'm Courtney Cronin. We're singing here on a Wednesday morning, and coming up next, the only thing worse than what we just did is the Detroit Pistons. That's next, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.